Hello and welcome to Make Money and Stick It to the Man with me, Dominic Frisby. And today we ask, why do we use the weights and measures that we do? And the Edinburgh Festival, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival starts this week. It's the world's biggest arts festival, an event that sells more tickets than any other event in the world, with the exception of the Olympic Games. And I shall be making my way up to Scotland's capital to make my own little contribution, a new show that I haven't finished writing yet, a lecture with funny bits about the eternal subject that is weights and measures. Now, why do I say eternal? Because people have been arguing about them and trying to impose them since forever. The very first legal documents we have from ancient Mesopotamia depict rulers with the rod and the ring, a yardstick and a measuring string, usually being handed to them by God as they try and standardise measures in law. Ancient Egyptian documents, illustrations, hieroglyphs, they abound with similar references. Scales are prominent in uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs as well. And the opening words of the Bible, they establish our basic measures of time, the day and the week. And this is something that the French revolutionaries tried to do away with in 1792 when they decimalised time. <laughs> <laughs> one week would be 10 days, one day would be 10 hours, one hour would contain 100 decimal minutes, and each decimal minute 100 decimal seconds. Thus, one day would be 100,000 decimal seconds. But when the proles discovered that that meant one day off in 10 rather than one day off in 7, the system began to meet with considerable resistance and was duly kicked out. The revolutionaries may have got their weight trip their metric weights and distances over the line, but time was a step too far. And what is a step, by the way, but a measure? A vague but useful measure that Fitbits and iPhones and health apps have become obsessed with. I did 14,126 steps yesterday. It was a long day. What about you? There is to be one measure of wine throughout our kingdom, one measure of ale and one measure of corn, proclaims Magna Carta, one breadth of cloths, and let weights be dealt with as with measures. And even today, when Boris Johnson... That, that, was, that was Magna Carta, you know, the point I'm making continues. Even today, when Boris Johnson made announcements about being able to use imperial measures again last month, the culture wars kicked off. In his 2019 election manifesto, Johnson pledged an era of generosity and tolerance towards traditional measurements. To The Guardian, however, this was xenophobia and pseudoscience. So I often go to the Edinburgh Fringe to do lectures with funny bits. In 2016, I did one about tax, which would eventually become my book Daylight Robbery. In 2019, I did one about the philosophies of Adam Smith and how they related to the economics of the Fringe, which would eventually become a film, Father of the Fringe. Have you seen it? If not, why not? I'll put a link in. There's a link to it in the article. And this time around, I thought it'd be an interesting subject to do one about weights and measures. And I've since discovered that the subject is enormous and endless which is why I haven't finished writing it yet. It's going to be held in Adam Smith's old front room at Panmuir House, so a wonderful historic setting. Now, the inevitable question that gets asked is, which system is better, imperial or metric? And I would answer, with the bland neutrality of the on-the-fence politician, that they both have their place. I grew up with the metric system, that was what I was taught at school, but as I've grown older, I found myself thinking more and more in imperial 
feet make more sense to me than 30 centimetres or 60 or 90 centimetres or 1.2 metres or 1.5 metres or 1.8 metres. Inches, a thumb pressed down, make more sense than centimetres. A hair's breadth means more to me than a micrometre. And I find it easier to orient myself around pints than I do litres, around pounds, the amount you can easily hold in your hand, than I do in kilos, around yards, a pace, than I do metres. But the problem with Imperial is that it was never designed a designed system in the way that metric is. Most measures emerged over time through use. Impractical measures got abandoned and practical ones stuck. The buku was the distance from which the cry of a buffalo could be heard in Russia. No doubt an extremely useful measure in a country with, with such vast expanses of land, but of little use today uh, anywhere. The pound that we use today, however, so that's why the buku has faded from existence, but the pound we use today, it roughly corresponds with the Babylonian misa. Shoe sizes are defined by barley corns. A fathom is one arm's, um, one's arms outstretched, six foot. A really useful measure, six foot height, but it's particularly useful for depth. Six foot is the amount of water that we can uh, <laughs> just about stand up in. Um, or bounce, at least, without having to swim. But there are a gazillion measures that found common use in history that have fallen by the wayside. It's very much a market-driven system. Yet as soon as you start to analyse it with the logic of the planner, imperial measures look nuts. Just look at some of the flowcharts to explain imperial measures on Wikipedia and elsewhere if you want to understand how nuts it looks. Americans have a dry gallon and a liquid gallon. What's more, their gallon is not the same as our imperial gallon. One of the reasons petrol there seems so much cheaper is that their gallon is smaller. But their gallon is the English gallon because they use the English system which came over with the settlers. We British, however, use the imperial system uh, with the Weights and Measures Act of 1824, long after US independence. That's when that came into being and it was exported through the empire, hence imperial. In order to uh, in part, make sure that this newfangled French metric system didn't take hold. And this newfangled French metric system came about with the French Revolution. One king, one law, one weight, one measure, the revolutionaries cried. They had, according to the BBC, some 250,000 different weights and measures, differing from town to town and district to district. Talk about regional diversity. And there was considerable fraud. And confusion, I can only imagine. The beauty also, by the way, of individual measures for each town is it meant it was very good for local businesses. <laughs> it kept out the sort of bigger, you know, the equivalent of the supermarket chain. Let us give them a system for all people for all time, thought the savants, the 18th century liberal metropolitan elite. Instead of defining measures around the human body and the immediate world around us, they thought, we will design a system around the earth itself. A metre will be one ten millionth of the distance from the North Pole to the equator. So two scientists were sent out to measure the distance from Dunkirk to Barcelona, and they would extrapolate... <laughs> the distance from the North Pole to the equator from there. However, one of the scientists who got arrested for sorcery, then for spying, he then saw his money disappear with the hyperinflation of the Assignat, under considerable pressure, fudged the data, and so the measure is actually wrong. By how much? A hair's breadth. 
The meter has since been redefined, first around the speed of light and then around atomic movements, to give it a level of precision the ordinary yard a pace will never have. But those redefinitions have always used as their base that first meter, which was erroneous and slightly fraudulent. We do not need, we do need, I should say, one international system of measures that everyone understands, especially for science. But in the same way, it is good to speak more than one language, so should we be familiar with more than one system of measurement. And if you want regional diversity, especially in architecture, then you should embrace diversity of measurement. Today, the only countries in the world not officially on the metric system are Myanmar, Liberia and the United States. But on the ground, traditional measures are used everywhere, from the prevalent half kilo, which is effectively a pound, to brick sizes, which is a hand, to cargo ships. People talk and think in traditional measures because they're practical and rooted in the world around us. Metric is abstract. Long live both. And if you fancy coming to see my show, it's called How Heavy and it will be at Pam Your House. And uh, click on the link at the bottom of this podcast if you want to buy tickets and hopefully I will see you there. Goodbye.